for tuning in to Freedom Fighters Code Gray. This is a show where we discuss human trafficking, an issue that's happening in our community. We often think about trafficking happening in other countries, in other places, but not in our own backyard. But in fact, children as young as 12 years old are being lured and groomed for the purposes of exploitation in Ontario. And over 90% of people who are trafficked in Canada are from within Canada's borders. Today I have with me Teresa McLennan, the Executive Director of the Barry Women and Children's Shelter. Welcome, Teresa. Hi, Michaela. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me today and to be a part of this discussion. Could you just take some time to talk a little bit about the shelter and your role at it? So I'm the executive director of the Women and Children's Shelter of Barrie, and uh, we've been in existence for almost 40 years uh, here in the city of Barrie. And unfortunately, uh, you know, within that time, our numbers of women and their children experiencing violence has only continued to rise. And throughout those years, we have also seen an increase in the amount of women who are seeking out our services because they have an experience of human trafficking. We have always supported women who have been involved in trafficking, but many years ago, we did not have a name for that. And sometimes human trafficking would be confused with uh, autonomous sex work. And so over the years, we've been able to clearly define better what human trafficking is. And so, uh, you know, over the years, as we've become more familiar with what human trafficking looks like in our city of Barrie, uh, you know, we've expanded our services to make sure that we are providing supports to uh, the women who have that experience. And I do just want to add that, uh, you know, the work that we do in our shelter is surrounded by trauma. Women are calling us, they've had a very traumatic experience. And I am very aware that when we have conversations, which we need to do to educate our community about violence against women, violence against all people and human trafficking, that there's a lot of folks in our community that have their own experience. And so I always wanna encourage folks that may be listening to our conversation today if there's anything that is triggering for you or that's bringing up any of your own personal experience, please uh, recognize your own wellness. And if you feel that you need to speak with a counselor, we have a 24 hour crisis line. And that number is 705-728-2544. And at any time that you feel that you just need to speak to someone about your experience, whether it was in the past or it's happening to you right now, please feel free to call our crisis line at any time. Thank you, Teresa, for just highlighting that this conversation could be triggering for some folks and for pointing them to a resource that you're able to provide through the shelter. You mentioned that trafficking is something that you have seen over the years in our community. Some folks tuning in today might not be familiar about, or about that term or may have some misconceptions about it. Could you just take some time to explain what exactly is sex trafficking? So uh, we are a women's organization and we provide support to women who have an experience of violence and that includes uh, human trafficking. The majority of trafficking is uh, for the sexual exploitation of women and young girls. Of course, there is labor trafficking, and of course, men can be trafficked as well. But what we know percentage-wise through the statistics is that the majority are women and young girls. 
here within our own city, within our own province, our own country, and of course, globally. That is a consistent uh, number in terms of who uh, is the highest population of being trafficked and what type of trafficking. And so when we talk about human trafficking, it really is the use of another person's body or their labor at the financial gain of someone else. And through that gain, it happens through coercion, bribery, dependence, and um, complete submission of that person because they feel powerless, they have no control, they may feel it's something that they have to do in order to get out of a debt. And so the person really loses all of their self-confidence. They lose their own ability to make decisions. And it is extremely difficult to be able to escape a trafficking situation. And I'm really referring to what is happening right here in our own city. We see a lot of women come through our doors who have an experience of trafficking. We also see a lot of women come through our doors that something has happened to them for a long period of time and they don't know that they are being trafficked. So we have a lot of conversations with women to help them identify that actually what they've been experiencing is trafficking. And so, uh, you know, I, I completely understand that in our own community of Barrie, no one wants to think that women are being abused at the rates that they are. None of us want to think that at this moment in time, there will be women in their own homes, in hotel rooms, or in a perpetrator's uh, home who are being trafficked right at this moment. But I can tell you with all assurity that that is happening right now as we're having this conversation. And so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing for folks in our community who, who say, I never knew this was happening. Because what that says to me is that they probably never had a personal experience of violence or a direct relation to someone who may be trafficking. But that does not mean that it isn't happening because it absolutely is happening. And Barrie is considered a gateway for human trafficking. We are, you know, a real central point, an access point to the north and to the south. We are a gateway. And human trafficking includes the movement of women from city to city by their trafficker. Um, you know, and there's many reasons for that, one of which is the, the thought that they won't get caught if they move women from city to city, right? So I, all of that is just to say that we do want the community to realize women continue to experience violence, and there are growing numbers in our city of Barrie of women who are being trafficked for the purpose of sexual exploitation. And when you mention the age of 12, that absolutely is the case. We are seeing younger and younger uh, women who are being groomed and they may be groomed by someone unknown to them, but quite often it is somebody who is known to them, a family member uh, who may be doing that initial grooming that will lead up to them being trafficked. So that's a very long explanation to it, but it's a very big problem. 
Thank you, Teresa, for just painting such a thorough picture of what trafficking is and what it looks like in our community. As you were sharing, some of the things that I think are super important to highlight that you helped explain is that women and girls are way overrepresented when it comes to sexual exploitation. And you mentioned globally, and we know that globally, 99% of the people who are trafficked are women and girls. And so it is a growing issue locally and also globally. You also mentioned that people who may have experienced trafficking may have never known that a crime has taken place and that your team is able to come alongside them. And sometimes that individual can look back on their experience and then have a name for it. Could you explain a little bit about how someone might be able to identify a trafficking situation and what some common indicators are? You know, tra human trafficking, specifically sexual exploitation, can look very different because um, there is not one description of what that trafficking relationship, if we want to call it that, looks like. Because, you know, we have high school, young high school women that will uh, access our shelter or come into our shelter because they've had an experience of violence. And they may describe their trafficker as their boyfriend. He bought me nice things. Uh, you know, he had a debt and he just, he just asked me if I would, you know, have a sexual encounter with his friend that that debt would be paid off. And I love him and I, and I wanted to do that for him. How some of those women describe that relationship, they, it is very difficult for them to see themselves as being a trafficked victim because they believe that this person cared for them and loved them. And he may buy her nice things. He may say, you know what, I'm sorry at that, you know, I'd never ask you to do that again, but it does happen again. And so, Emotions are involved, attachment is involved. And just like in a violent situation, it is very, very challenging for women to be able to leave. And so there's a draw that happens for that woman because she may care for that person. But human trafficking really is modern day slavery. Right. And that is the term that we use to describe that. It is modern day slavery. And so we may have young high school girls who are getting involved in trafficking and they don't even realize that that's what's happening to them. And it is hard to break down their own barriers to help them to see what it is that they've actually been asked to do. Uh, no one wants to think that they've been trafficked. No one wants to think that I'm being abused. You know, we find lots of ways to try and diminish the magnitude of that. And part of our work here in the shelter is to lift the veil, to no longer sweep the violence that women are experiencing, sweep the human trafficking that's happening right here in our city under the rug. We have got to be very open and honest and very blunt and very raw in the discussions that we have about these issues. Thank you, Teresa, for the important work you and your team are doing as you've highlighted, like this is an issue in our community. So what exactly is the shelter doing to come alongside people who have been impacted by trafficking? So our shelter is, um, is a feminist organization. And so anyone who identifies as a woman uh, 
who has an experience of violence, and human trafficking is violence, can call our crisis line. And there's our crisis line is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we receive calls at all hours of the day and night. They can call us and speak to a counselor. They may want to come into our emergency shelter and they can stay here, you know, any way up to three months. Sometimes if you're an immigrant or a refugee woman, that stay could be a lot longer because you may have a very um, unstable status uh, in Canada and you may need to stay a little bit longer. We will work with women where they are at. We don't have any expectations that a woman coming to us needs to be out of that trafficking situation. We believe in reducing barriers. So we would not say to a woman that you can't be involved in trafficking to come into our shelter. Some women are coming, they have some mental health uh, issues. They are addicted to substances. Uh, and we will provide service to those women to the best that we can. We are not a mental health agency. We are not a, uh, you know, a substance use uh, specialization agency. But we firmly, firmly believe that in order to support women and to help them, we cannot create barriers that would stop them from coming in. So when a woman, yeah, go ahead, Michaela. I was just going to say thank you so much, Teresa, for sharing a bit about what the shelter is doing. And we're going to have some more time to talk further about all the amazing support services the shelter provides for the community. But we're going to take a short break and come back in a couple of minutes. Freedom Fighters Code Grey. Today I have with me a special guest, Teresa McLennan, the Executive Director of the Barry Women and Children's Shelter. Thanks so much, Teresa, for joining me today. Could you just take some time to share a bit about what services does the shelter specifically provide for people who are impacted by sex trafficking in our community? So it's important, of course, to realize that uh, any person who is uh, experiencing trafficking, uh, we have a 24-hour crisis line. And so even though we are a women's organization and we provide uh, services to women uh, in terms of our emergency shelter and outreach services, we also can and do receive calls from men who may be experiencing trafficking. And that is because we are now the uh, City of Barrie hotline number for all forms of human trafficking. So Putting the you know, supports that we provide to men aside, in terms of our shelter services, a woman can call us who has an experience of violence or is experiencing human trafficking, which is violence, and she can speak to a counselor on our 24-hour crisis line. She can come into our emergency shelter. If she's an immigrant or refugee woman, uh, she may stay in our shelter a little bit longer, depending on what her status is in Canada in Ontario, but women typically will stay in our shelter maybe upwards of three months. We will support them to find housing. We will connect them with financial supports, education, employment, and uh, 
once a woman is done her stay here in the shelter, hopefully we've been able to find her some affordable housing she can continue on accessing our outreach services. So that could be court support, that could be counseling, it'll be transition and housing support, and we will continue to support and work with that woman for as long as she needs to. There is no end date for a woman to access our outreach services. And at any time, if that woman is moved out into her own house and she finds herself in the situation where she's being trafficked again, any woman can call our shelter again and she could come back into our shelter space. So we don't have any requirements in that, well, you've been in three times, you can't come again. We don't have any limitations with regards to that. And so we continue to provide support to women for many, many years after they've left the shelter. We have 27 partially funded beds in our shelter. We saw the need uh, in the city of Barrie that when a woman was being trafficked and she needed to be able to leave right away or she could leave right away, we needed to make sure that we had a bed available for her. So we have now pulled out two beds that are strictly dedicated to women who are being trafficked. We may have more than uh, two women in our shelter who are being trafficked, and we usually do but we wanted to make sure that at least we had two beds that were strictly available for those women. And unfortunately, we see a continual uh, uh, coming and going of those beds. Those beds are usually always full. And women may come in and stay for a while and the lure of the trafficker may pull them back out and they may go back to their trafficker but that woman could call us a week later and she can come back in and we'll provide support. We know that a woman who's experiencing violence, it could take eight to 12 times for that woman to truly be able to leave that situation. That is no different when she's involved in trafficking. So we really try to create a wraparound approach in our services to women. We start where women are at, what they define that they need, and try to move them along in their journey of healing from the trauma that they have experienced. And that trauma is very deep rooted. It could have started from very early sexual assault, uh, you know, as a child. And it, it, it is very challenging to try and support the entire woman, a wounded woman who has this, uh, you know, life experience uh, of trauma and abuse and human trafficking. Wow. Well, I'm just so thankful for all of the services the shelter is providing to people in need in our community, from providing beds to ensure that someone has a safe space and a roof over their head, to mental health and wellness support through counseling, through journeying with people and helping them aspire to their goals and their dreams. And I also love that the shelter is just so open to having women leave and come back, leave and come back, because that's so essential. We know that trauma and healing from trauma trauma is not a linear process. So really coming alongside individuals every step of the way is so important. And I'm so grateful that the shelter is doing that. From your perspective and in your experience working in this field, why is barrier-free access to support so essential, particularly for individuals who have experienced trafficking? 
So from our experience, and that is it's such a great question because uh, women who've experienced trafficking, there's a lot of intersectionality uh, of other experiences in their life. Might be mental health, might be addictions, uh, sexual abuse, childhood sexual exploitation or abuse. It is very complex, the life experience and situations that women have. And we support women through a trauma-informed lens. We have an understanding of the reasons why women may go back to their trafficker or their abuser. We have an understanding of why women may need to continue to use substances because it is just so painful for them to dive into the trauma that they've experienced. We understand why women may have so many mental health uh, challenges, depression and anxiety and fear because of the experiences that they've had. If we create barriers to any of those things and not embrace those intersectionalities that women have, we will lose those women. Those women will feel judged. They will feel that they're not worthy of the support. They will not feel dignified and respected because women cannot feel that because I'm a, a substance user that I have no value. They have incredible value. We have to have an understanding from a trauma-informed perspective why women are needing to do the things that they're doing and how do we work with them where they are at. If we create barriers and we say that you need to be in this certain place to access our services, where will those women go, right? And I, I believe that services also are on a continuum. And so we are one piece of the puzzle of services for uh, you know, people who are experiencing trafficking. I believe that all of our services, your services that you provide, Michaela, uh, police services, you know, other services that are focused on human trafficking, we need to be complementary. We need to be supportive of each other. We need to have an understanding that there is no competition for service. We need to reduce our own barriers as service providers to create better service for folks who are being trafficked. And I firmly believe that we may not be the most appropriate service for somebody at, at whatever point they are in their journey. It could be your services, could be just police services, could be needing to find a, a different residential location that better meets their needs. For, as service providers providing wraparound service, that needs to be really okay with all of us. It really, we need to work together and partner and realize that we can, we can all be pieces of this puzzle that meets the needs of a woman on her journey, depending on where she's at. And that is so okay. So much truth and value to what you're sharing, that each person is a unique individual mm -hmm. and each individual who has been impacted by exploitation has a different experience and unique needs, unique dreams and hopes for the future. 
And even amongst service providers, different organizations have different objectives or different services that, are, that they're able to offer to someone. Mm-hmm. So working together in collaboration, I think is absolutely and essentially key in the fight against trafficking, whether that's prevention, outreach, supporting individuals when they're able to exit, legal services. There's so many aspects to this issue that we need to come together from an interdisciplinary perspective to be able to provide the best possible solutions for people who are on their healing journey. What would you say to someone who currently feels trapped in a situation and they feel like there's no way out? Any person at any time who's involved in trafficking can call our crisis line. And there are no time limits to when that can occur. So what we ask is for uh, folks to assess their safety in being able to call. So we get calls in the, you know, three o'clock in the morning from a woman calling from her closet. And she's on her cell phone saying, I need to get out. Can you help me? please make the call to our crisis line if you just want to talk about your situation and want to know what your options are. What we endeavor to do when we get a phone call from someone and they could be anywhere, you know, we are going to endeavor to get them here into our shelter. So we will send cabs, we will send Ubers, we will find a way to get that person here to safety. In our conversation with folks on our crisis line, We are always talking about how to leave safely. We will help you to create a safety plan. Women know, you know, my abuser, my trafficker is going to be gone between this time and this time. We will work with them. Let's create a plan around that time. So I just really encourage anyone who is experiencing trafficking, or even if you have questions about something that's happening to you and you think maybe that maybe that is what's happening to me. You can call our crisis line and just speak to someone, tease it out, ask questions. We are here to listen and to provide resources and to be a kind ear to your journey without judgment, without any demands or requirements of that person, but just to be who they are and where they're at that's all that we all that we need from the person. You can just call us just to chat. And we will not say you need to come in, you need to do this. It will be how can we help you? What do you need right now? That's how we start in terms of our relationship with someone who may be trafficked. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time to share with our viewers today. And thank you for the important work that you and your team are doing to create a safe space for women and children who have been impacted by violence, including trafficking in our community. The work that you're doing is truly invaluable and I'm so grateful to you and your team for what you're doing. If you're viewing the show today and you're in a situation of exploitation or in a situation of abuse, if you're in immediate danger and it's safe for you to call, we would encourage folks to call 911 if there's immediate danger or threat or you can access the 24-7 hour 
local crisis number at 705-728-2544. Again, that's 705-728-2544. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune into our show today to learn about the realities of trafficking that are happening in our community. We hope that you'll join us next time on Freedom Fighters Code Gray.